Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 175. What do makerspace and literature have to do with innovation and reading? Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics. If you are a longtime listener of One Tired Teacher, then you know I've been talking about makerspace and reading for a long time. I love, love, love talking about this. And today, Lee and I sit down and we discuss one of my favorite topics. Yes, I also have a workshop open just in time for summer so that I can help you with with reading and makerspace and what that might look like inside of your classroom. I talk about it in the show and I'll tell you right now if you want to if you want to join, it actually is a free workshop. All you have to do is grab a hold of my makerspace moments and literature bundle that's inside my shop on TPT. I'll link to it on the in the show notes and then I will be offering a free PD that goes with that with proof of purchase. So hopefully you'll join me this summer. You can find out more information at trinadebrieteachingandlearning.com forward slash. Oh boy, now I just lost it again. What is it? It is summer makerspace. <laughs> trinadebrieteachingandlearning.com forward slash summer makerspace. So let's talk about innovation and reading. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. So, hey, welcome back. We are here again, two tired teachers together. <laughs> Although we're not very tired right this second. No. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty wide awake. So you're right. We're not tired. But, you know, it is June in, mm-hmm. this, in this case. And so some people, if they're still in the classroom, they're definitely feeling tired. But if they're okay. out of the classroom, I hope that they've had a little bit of a chance to rejuvenate and... Now we can talk a little bit about some things that you might want to think about for the next year, which are makerspace and literature. (laughs) Yes, because like I'm a makerspace novice. My experience with this subject is very small, so I cannot believe that I get to sit in with you as we have this conversation around what could be a very powerful routine that you could work into your classroom that not only touches in on like a scope of genius for students, but also can build level of literacy and a love of like problem solving. Like I'm really excited about this. So <laughs> yeah, you just nailed it. You totally just nailed it because that's what it what it is. And and it really comes together for me because because of my experience in in primary and then also in the media center and I that's where yeah. I learned about makerspace which is really just a, it doesn't even have to be a space sometimes people get that confused I actually have a course on makerspace and I talk about this where I talk about um it doesn't have to be a specific physical space it's just it, it can be and it can be in a tub it can be in a closet it can be outside it can be in your classroom but it's really a place for kids to create and wonder and explore and tinker and discover and so it's just a, it's nice to have a little corner in your room but i know space is limited often so it's also yeah. just 
easy to just pull out the materials. Yeah. Well, and I think too, teachers get intimidated, like, wait, I got to dedicate. And if they've dedicated space in their classroom, then they have to use it every day and they're going to feel guilty if they're not. So I think the fact that you're kind of like saying, hey, it doesn't have to be a dedicated space, but we definitely want to work the routines into our classroom with using the materials. I think that like makes it feel a little less intimidating, especially for people like me who are like, huh? Because I had when I taught kindergarten, I had like a I called it a STEM corner in my classroom that was just Uh like basically a setup table with some materials right there. And that which was open great, to which is basically, that is basically a makerspace. Yeah. So, but I feel like a makerspace takes it just to maybe like another level. So, uh, you know, I think that's just one way of using a makerspace is STEM integration. So I think, I don't think it's necessarily like a level above or below that. I think it, okay. it really, yeah, I think it all kind of ties, ties together, but, but you can use makerspace for other things. And it doesn't have to be limited to STEM. I I loved the idea of really getting kids to be to think and create and build around books that they have read, so that yeah. they're, they're really you know going deeper in the text and as as well as understanding it and creating solutions to problems that exist in stories that they've heard. So that was my big excitement. I'm like, oh, there's other ways. It's And it's really a design type of thinking, which mm-hmm. the design, the engineering design process is, is obviously in, can be in STEM as well, but I think it's a really heavy focus in makerspace. And so yeah. sometimes makerspace can be like the gateway to, to STEM types of things in your classroom. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And I love too that you're able to kind of blend the worlds of literacy with makerspace because that feels very like doable in a regular general classroom. Um, so I do have some questions about makerspace okay. though, and literacy, like, and how, like, cause honestly, like everything you're saying sounds great, but then I'm like, but how would this work? So can I like ask you some questions? Absolutely. Okay. I, I definitely want you to, I was trying so to, the- if I had a past episode on the ways that you can use a makerspace, because I know I've, mm-hmm. I, I did a whole session of this at StemCon. I talked about five different ways you can use it, but I can't find it right now. So go ahead. I'm ready. Well, yeah. When If you find it, then plug that because I know people are going to want to go back and listen to that episode. Um, you kind of already answered this question, but if like we had to give like a one sentence answer or like a one paragraph answer, what what is makerspace? How would you define that? So if like someone who had never heard of it was like, huh, makerspace, what would you say? I would say it's more of a mindset. It's a mindset in your classroom or in your learning environment where kids have the opportunity to do some self-discovery and create, invent, tinker, imagine, explore around. It can be any subject, but it's really Mm -hmm. that hands-on aspect of learning that we sometimes feel like we don't have time for. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, and then why do you think it's so important that teachers find time or find the space for like a makerspace in their classroom? Like, why is this something that teachers should have? Well, I think my biggest reason is because I feel like we're missing some kids. We have so many things in place, but there are children such as my own son who Mm -hmm. has dyslexia and actually dyslexia impacts. Some people say one in 10 and some people say two in 10. And that's 
at least two children in our classroom. And also I feel like if we're targeting kids that have language issues, we can, that also includes our ELL students. So Mm -hmm. I think we are missing these kids and they, we have the, like I said, these things in place and they are school is like reading, writing, math. It's not, they're never getting to do. They're not getting to explore. They're not getting a chance to put their hands on something. And I think, well, and a lot of kids are kinesthetic learners. So they are, they are basically, I just, when I taught kindergarten, it was so important that we don't know how to cut. cut. We had to physically do it and they learn so much. Yes. like deeper when we were, and there are kids that learn by moving. Like that's Mm -hmm. their, that's their multiple intelligence. Like they learn by moving and doing and I don't think we have enough of that. I don't think we spend enough time doing that. And I think that really cuts out a lot of kids. I also feel like things like that, it encourages kids to be involved and participate and love it. Like it brings the love of learning back into our classrooms where sometimes I feel like read this, answer these questions. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Do this, do that. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, and I know people are like, I don't want to entertain them. But I kind of feel like we have to. Like I know I, I hear that like all the time. To. Like I'm not a cruise ship director. I'm not here for the entertainment. But I'm like, teaching is some form of entertainment because sure. if you're with and sitting in a room for six hours, there has to be. Not everything has to be above and beyond. Absolutely right? not. But there has but to be some. Yeah, we're competing with TikTok. For goodness' sake. Oh gosh, for so, real. And, YouTube, and YouTube, TikTok. Yeah. And so we, and we have to take that seriously because Mm -hmm. we're talking about digital natives. That's their life. Things are fast action. We've got to make it a little bit more exciting if we want to capture all those students and we're losing kids that don't want to continue in school. And so I think things like makerspace can bring to life some of, some of their thinking and their ideas. Yeah. Well, and I think too, a lot of kids feel like they're not good at school. Yes. Right. Because they're not like they're not a good writer or they're not a good reader or they're not, they feel like they they're not good at math. But it's like the way you're describing makerspace, it feels like they could be good at something. Yeah. And this allows them to discover what they're good at, but also like how to use other skills like problem solving to yes. kind of become better at maybe at the things that they feel like they weren't good at. Absolutely. And that really is a focus of makerspace really is the four C's, which is creativity, critical thinking, Mm -hmm. um, communication and collaboration. So it's it's utilizing some of those soft skills that, that we are going to need in the 21st century. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. That sometimes, especially after coming off a pandemic. Absolutely. Like that is like at an all time low. I just, even with my own son, who's in third grade, just watching him interact with his friends, like it's woof. And I'm like, buddy, like, and he was a student prior to the pandemic too. So like, imagine these kids who have had no actual normal year. Yeah. Um, okay. So some of the benefits of make, makerspace we kind of touched on, mm-hmm. um, you know, like being able to reach those students who maybe you weren't reaching before because of learning disabilities or anything. Absolutely. Also yes. helping build with vocabulary with um, PLLs. Um, but any other benefits? Yeah, that you it really is that collaboration too, like teaching children mm-hmm. to work together, you know, collaboratively in, in groups and be able to problem solve and work things out through that because we, we yeah. find ourselves in those situations a lot. Also the critical thinking aspect is mm-hmm. one of my favorites because 
And the reason why I like to use literature is because you can leave it very open-ended, which is STEM type of thinking. It's not a craft. You're not all making the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone's not coming up with the same solution to the problem. They're thinking really open-endedly and they have to work through some of these problems. That's another aspect that I love is sometimes when we allow kids to be in a safe environment and learn how to fail in a safe environment, they learn the resilience and the grit yes. and what to do when they are making these mistakes rather than, and this is really great for kids that don't ever make mistakes because they go oh, through yeah. school and then all of a sudden they're hit with something hard and they don't know what to do. They no. don't know. How they to don't have the grit. Exactly. Yeah. And so this or the coping. Is- the coping or, yeah, mechanism. They don't have the coping. No, you're right. So this is the ability to to put them in uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. situations and allow them to learn what to do when they when they feel yeah. like it's not working. Well, and I love the focus on the like the ability to fail in a safe place. There's like a magic school bus. You know they redid magic school bus. No. The show. Oh, you remember Matt with Miss Frizzle? I do. Like, I do. Okay, yeah. Now they have a new version, and it's like her sister or something is the teacher. Miss Frizzle's still there. Anyway, there's a new episode. It's like my son's favorite one to watch, and it's their they're making a vehicle for a planet, and they keep failing at the experiment. I love and it. the whole purpose of the lesson is to learn like failure is actually good. Yes. Failing allows you to figure out what didn't work and how can you solve it to move forward. Absolutely. And they they rebuild this vehicle like five or six times. I love it. She's like, "Yay, we did it! We can fail!" Like she and the kids are so confused because they just want to like get it the first time and go. Yeah. And you know, I love like that lesson is so important because it does teach perseverance. And I love that like a makerspace could help teach that in a very safe environment because a lot of kids feel safer at school. And, you know, and it's not going to be, they're not going to be torn apart for making a mistake because this isn't like, you know, a big test or something where it's like, oh no, my life. No, you know, you're right to do it. It's such a natural way to integrate social and emotional learning as well, especially Mm -hmm. if you're using like books and or literature that is focusing on some of those things like empathy or kindness or compassion. And, Mm -hmm. and so, or, you know, courage. So I think yeah. that that's another thing that, that, that I love about, about makerspace. So, yeah. Um, so then how do we, as teachers, do you suggest that we work in literacy into makerspace? Cause to me, they seem very like separate. Yeah, no, like they don't seem to yeah. go together. That Yeah. Okay. So when you are when you're choosing what books you're using for your read aloud whether you're using books that you have to use from a reading series which is not my favorite um <laughs> or if you get to choose actual books that you can use which i do have like a whole list according to the standards of books mm-hmm. that like work well with spe- specific ELA standards and then that also work well for a makerspace so i'm going to link to that in the show notes if anyone wants to grab that's free it's a free download but i'm going to um, go grab that after this episode <laughs> <laughs> so it so first of all i say you take your your 
the book that you're going to use. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously decide which standards you're going to focus on and you're doing like close reading activities. So okay. maybe you do your first read of interactive read aloud or however you do your first reading, you know, your class reading. And I also love that it's a shared experience with your kids. So you're kind of leveling the playing field. But so then you're focusing, you're going back in and you're focusing on these standards and maybe you're looking mm-hmm. at point of view or maybe you're looking at, you know, cause and effect or maybe you're like looking- a repeated reading. Yes. Right? Or, like and not necessarily like having to go from the beginning to the end, but you know, you do go from the beginning to the end in the first read, but then, then you're going back into parts and you're talking about the story and you're connecting and you're doing all the things that you would normally do as a response. And maybe even having the kids, you know, using exit tickets or some type of graphic organizer to share their thinking along the way. And then I, this is how I always imagined it or what I thought I would do if I was doing it in the classroom, I knew what I would do as, as the media specialist, but what would I do in the classroom? So I would do those things that I normally would do throughout the week, but then I would save maybe even Thursday or Friday to, to do a makerspace response. So then I would take the problem that occurred in the story. We would talk about it a little bit, you know, more intensely, like what was the problem? How do, how do we identify it? What are some possible solutions to this problem? And then allow students to work through the engineering design process. So what they do is then they, they figure out, okay, I'm going to create this solution. So they ask questions about it. Then Mm -hmm. they, they imagine it in their mind, like what would it look like? They might even draw a quick sketch. If they're not a big sketch person, they could do a turn and talk and, and discuss what it might look like. And then they would plan it and you might give them like a, a piece of paper that looks like a- And they're doing like, this in groups, right? They, can, they could do this in groups, but they could also do this one part independently, <clears throat> um, but they can definitely have conversation in a group. And then they're still individually accountable for their for their piece of it. So they would then plan it. And if they were planning in a group, that would be totally fine too. One thing that I like to do if they're planning in a group is to get those big pieces of chart paper. And I like to give every student, let's say it was a team of four, like, you know, all number ones get a a black marker, all number twos get a blue, all number threes get a green. So some Kagan in there. Yeah. And I love Kagan. And all number fours kind of see who is participating. Oh yeah. No, that's a great idea. Like the accountability piece, I think it's huge because you get a lot of hog and logs. I, that's why, (laughs) that's why I love Kagan because there is individual accountability and it's not just cooperative learning. It's actually, so that's why I like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so then they plan it and then they actually create it. You actually allow them to do it. Then they have to test it. Like you usually give them some kind of parameters they have to test it. And Mm -hmm. then, and then they're revising and then they're, and then they're kind of comparing and contrasting. And then you're having a conversation about like, oh, look, this person came up with this solution. This person came up with this solution or this team did or, or how, you know, however you end up doing it, but they have an opportunity to like, you know, solve the problem, be yeah. creative, think critically. I love that too, because it feels very much like their solution and not, and they're allowing to like take what they've read and kind of come to their own solution instead of it being like, there's only one right answer. Right. Which is what happens if we just take a quiz. Like if we read a story and then take a quiz, there's only one right answer. We didn't actually get to see like their depth of thinking or how much they actually process that story or what they're using as leverage from the book to actually solve the problem. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, and so, they come up with different things and you, sh- and the way that they think it gives you such an eye into 
wow, like I never, I would never think of that as a solution. Mm -hmm. My solution, I was thinking this as a solution. You know what I mean? And it's so, that's the coolest part to see what they're, what they're able to actually come up with. And and I think it's interesting because when I, when I did it, like as a special area teacher, when I, when I did it with classes, it was the older kids that struggled with this the most. Isn't that funny? Yes. Because I think they're so used to a specific structure that they're like, yes. Oh, and they didn't know what to do when they're not used to being creative. It is. It's so true. Everything is dictated to them. It's And I think honestly, that is a huge, you know, um, last episode we talked about like our teaching differences, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I think from even just the beginning of when I started teaching till now, that's been the hugest difference obviously attention span, but also like the ability to think outside and have that critical problem solving. Mm -hmm. They've really struggled with that. And I think that is true because of how, what we expect kids to do at school. It's always, there's always a set answer. Yes. Right. So this allows to kind of break the mold and allow students to, who maybe always feel like they're wrong to finally be right, but also kind of accept that there really is no wrong or right answer as long as we're solving the problem. And that to me is the most real life skill that For you sure. could teach. I think and, so you know, and think coming about in with how my they background. have to understand the story. Think how, yeah. how deeply they have to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, I'm getting my master's in um, instructional design and that's a huge question we ask. Mm-hmm. How is this real life applicable? Because we, it's great to teach someone something, but if they can't use it in their real life, to What's better them. Yes. It's kind of like, what was the point of that? So I feel like yes. this is such a, not only are we hitting standards, we're also going to be hitting some real life, like, you know, those, like you said, like soft skills that they yes. need. Um, so I love this. If a teacher listening to this episode right now wanted to know more about makerspace or maybe was familiar with some of your makerspace units and just wanted to learn more about implementing, what could they do? Well, I'm glad you asked, Lee, because <laughs> I have um, I have lots of episodes on Makerspace on the podcast, so they definitely okay. can find things there. But I I do I am holding a workshop, a summer workshop, yes, and it's happening on June 27th. Okay, I'm do a little Facebook pop up group, and I'm going to show up live every day, and we're going to talk about Makerspace and reading and what that looks like, and books that we can use, and how we could use it in our classroom. So I am, and that. Actually, that workshop is free. The only, <gasps> yeah, the only thing they that they need to do is they need to have one of my resources, which is Makerspace Moments in Literature. They need to have that that bundle. Okay. That's what we're going to be using. So they just need to get that product, and then the, all the training part is free. So they can l- get more information about this at trinadebreyteachingandlearning.com forward slash summer makerspace. Summer makerspace. Okay. Heard it there. You guys sign up for that. That's going to be amazing. Um, and you said all they need is their unit that could be purchased on Teachers Pay Teachers yes, at your store? On, yes, that can be paid on. on okay. Or got on TPT. It's Makerspace Moments in Literature. I'll link to it in the show notes. Perfect. Thank you for sharing. This has yeah. been like so enlightening. I love I, this I chat. Love, yeah, I love talking about Makerspace. It is one of my favorite topics. I really believe... I really believe it. there's so many children I can think of that it would have made such a huge difference for when I think back into my career and I know it would have made a difference for my son who despised school. So yeah. I, I think that's why I feel so passionately about it. All right. So, um, so, okay. 
what do we, do we want to hint at what we're going to talk about next week? Yeah. Do you do a few lightning round questions again. Um, up to you. How do you want to add? Yeah, let's do, let's do like two. Let's do like two. Okay. Just two quick questions. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, since I put you on the spot, I'm going to, I'll go first. Okay. So what, what Cause I don't have a list yeah. of just generated questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's your hidden talent? <gasps> um, oh, I love baking and okay. I love to sing. I don't know if those are hidden though. Cause I do like well, if those you know are me in I person, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, <laughs> if you know me in person, then I've probably baked something for you. And it's funny because like the thing that I'm most known for is oatmeal cookies, which is like everyone's like, oh, no, oatmeal. No, I love oatmeal cookies. I love, I love them, them too. Yeah. But everyone who's had them always requests more. So like when my sisters get sick, they always want oatmeal cookies, you know, like them. even my family asked for them when I was still in the classroom, my kids would, I would make them for my students. They love them. It's like my hidden talent is baking, yeah. but then I also love to sing. Then I'm really happy, but I can eat them plain too. So, oh, I love and raisins you love to, and, and you love to sing too. The only hidden talent I have, I think I'm really, I have like, and I really think this is because of dyslexia is that I can really quickly read people's facial expressions. Oh yeah. So I feel like that is a, although my counselor, my therapist is like, be careful. Someone might have gas. So <laughs> <laughs> she tells me not to judge too quickly. So I have to keep this that in is mind. Good warning. Yes. And um, also I can pick things up with my toes. So that's mine. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> I know it is weird. It's very weird. All right. You want to do one or you want me to tell you the, uh, another one? Cause I have a whole bunch of, I have a whole list. Um, no, go. I don't have any prepared cause I wasn't ready for like lightning okay, questions. All right. Yeah. Me. I'm sorry. I just caught you off guard. No place that you most want to travel. Oh, I actually am so excited. Things are starting to open back up now because I loved traveling and seeing new places, but I really want to go. Can I say two places? Yes. Okay. I really, really, really want to go to like the Mediterranean area, like either Croatia or Menorca or like the French Riviera, like uh, yeah. somewhere there because I'm a huge below deck fan. Do you ever watch that show? No, uh-uh. <laughs> it's, it's trash TV. It's reality TV, but it follows yachties. And my favorite episodes are always the ones where they're in the med because it is gorgeous. So, and I've, I've been to Europe, but I've never been to that part. So I want to go there. And then the other place I want to visit is the Grand Canyon. It's like oh, such yeah. an iconic American place. Yeah. I've never been. And I want to go. No, I've never been either. I would, I would, I would like to do that. I definitely. Yeah. So where, where would you go then? Same Australia. I oh, really, yes. I, See, really I don't think I could do that. the flight. I think, I think it would be cool would though. Be really rough, but, and then while you're there, you have to go to New Zealand. So I'm like yes. that whole, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do that. That's amazing. I love that one. Yeah. It's exciting. Oh, All right. I do. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I have one last, I have a question. Okay. Wait, did I already ask it? I did already. You did? Never mind. Okay. Nope. Well, Sorry. they can wait for next, <laughs> the next week. <laughs> so these two tired teachers are looking forward to a long summer nap. Yes, seriously. Yep. Sweet dreams and sleep time.